Whether you keep them in your home or love to see them in theirs, these are the creatures that bring us all together. Reptiles. Reptiles. We're going to be delving into the experiences of reptile lovers from around the block and around the world. This is the Reptile Talk Podcast. Boom! What is going on, everybody? This is Jeremy Turgeon from Brassman Reptiles. And I'm Robin. I'm creeping it real. And he's not peaching us. I'm not. No peaches tonight. <laughs> but we are, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, we are a little bit closer. It's it's giving us a more intimate feel this evening. Yeah, you can see all of our terrible blemishes. and uh, no. <laughs> it's, it's mostly mine. Just mostly Screaming. Mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Heck, yeah. But I'm super, to be, I'm super happy to be back doing another episode after just a couple yes, of days. Um, if you didn't check out episode 110, uh, oh, TJ, my land, you need to go back and listen listen to Rob and TJ geek out about scrub pythons. I was just like, this makes me very happy. It was the whole episode. <laughs> I was like, I, I listened back to it and I was like, oh, I just ranted about scrubs for half the episode. <laughs> and I'm not even mad about it, dude, because first of all, I love seeing you geek out about reptiles because like there's very <laughs> few people that have that level of passion for any species of snake in general. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, to have somebody else on that's equally as passionate has had so many other interactions with, with extra extra animals. I mean, it's just just it was just a fun episode i had my couple little tidbits i sprinkled in there but i was like nah this is y'all got this this is yeah. somalia chat with tj and rob and uh i'm just i'm just here to watch the comments <laughs> yeah it was but it was dope it was a good time it was a really good time and yeah. tonight's episode is brought to you by black box cages and that is what we're going to be Damn. talking about this evening i'm pretty excited about it yes yeah massive shout out to black box if you guys have been listening to us for any period of time uh you've certainly heard the the commercial play uh you've seen recently i've started throwing this ticker on the bottom here and uh now we're making sure that we try to plug them as much as possible throughout the episode black box was our full year 2022 sponsor and uh they've wonderfully carried that over into 2023 um absolutely love black box and uh, they've come up with so many different innovations and, and concepts uh, as, as they've grown. Um, but before we dive into all of that, <clears throat> um, I think it's important that we talk about reptile caging in general, like where it's come from uh, to where we're at now. And, and then some of these specific uh, changes that Black Box is doing with, with their units, um, which I think are absolutely wonderful. And, and I hope that other companies will kind of follow their lead because I, I think it's I think it's important. But um think about think about caging back in the day, Rob. I don't wanna <laughs> think about that. Right. It's equally terrifying. So yes. <laughs> um but you know I mean so I think those of us that have been keeping for about 20 or so years, uh, you know, most of the times for us, we got uh, the glass cage world. It was the aquarium world. You know, I'll put it in a 10-gallon tank and a 20-gallon tank and whatever. And, uh, you know, not that there's anything wrong with with using glass enclosures. Obviously, people still use glass enclosures these days. But we've learned over time they're, they're poor insulators when it comes to heat. Um, a lot of times they can stress animals out being able to be seen from every angle. Um, a lot of species don't enjoy that. And uh, also your animals can get out if that screen lid is not attached appropriately. 
<laughs> if you're a colubrid person like I was, you had plenty of corn snakes escape. <laughs> Bro, I I never kept colubrids besides tiger rat snakes besides spilotes. So yep. I didn't really have to deal with that, but I did have a short tail get out once. And yeah, it ended up in my sister's closet, and uh, she was not. Oh, <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> she texted me. She's like, "I think one of your pythons is in my closet," and I was like, "No way! It's not yeah, right." Yeah, come on. <laughs> She's like, "Well, where else would a three and a half foot long short tail python come from?" And I'm like, "Oh crap, Borneo, <laughs> duh!" Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll be home soon. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh gosh. So and, and even even past like cages, even rack systems ha have come a long way from mm -hmm. from yesteryear. Um, literally, there, there was no there. There originally was no rack system. It was never a thing. It was a, a box that you put somewhere or it was a glass uh, fish tank. And um, you you literally a, a lot of people that were like there when the inception of the idea of racks came around were literally taking the uh, heating cable off of plumbing. And uh, jury rigging a thermostat element onto that to uh, create some sort of heating element and praying to God it didn't catch on fire. Um, so thank God we've come a long way. <laughs> For real. And then, you know, uh, back when I was younger, uh, they started rolling out, you know, heat tape and, you know, wiring your own heat tape became a ordeal. And then you you know, you'd see all these situations of people not wiring it properly and it catching on mm. fire or, you know, yeah. bad stuff yeah. happening, you know, people <laughs> not using them on thermostats and melting boxes and, and all sorts mm -hmm. of bad stuff. Oh yeah. And I remember, you know, my first snakes, I definitely <clears throat> kept in glass aquariums just cause that was pretty much what you could do. I, I did yeah, get one yeah. with a, a sliding lid, but those, uh, you know, listen, they, those sliding lids, they changed those the game. Were life savers. They changed the game because <laughs> <laughs> before you either had those wide, like clips that you could put on either end, yep. or you could use the crappy clips that were like the ones that are kind of shaped like this <laughs> and they hooked yep. under and hooked over the top that were not really good for any. Like, I don't know what those were supposed to keep in because they did not keep anything in <laughs> there for show man it's just decor external decor <laughs> yeah it's so you could be like look i have locks on my enclosures <laughs> yeah i'm doing what i'm supposed to do yeah sort of <laughs> and then you get people who just stack books on top of their enclosures or cinder blocks, cinder blocks. Or lord help me yep yep if if anyone would like so to see innovative. what that looks like, go into the All Things at Keystradon uh, Facebook group, and you can see uh, people who have cotton mouths in ten gallon enclosures with a cement brick on it in their bedroom. Uh, <laughs> it's always cotton mouths. Why is it always cotton mouths? <laughs> there, there's some reasons, Rob. There's there's some reasons. Oh uh, gosh, <laughs> no, but it's it's true. I I think overall. Uh, you know, he, now in, in 2023, we're seeing a lot of advancements in reptile yes. keeping overall. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's very, it's very nice. You know, again, jumping back to the rack system thing, before this concept existed, it was pretty much just people putting uh, bins on a bookshelf with some sort of heating element, you know, and, and the concept was the tub uh, 
had a, approximately the same square footage or floor space of the tanks. You know, if we think about a CB70 drawer that's 33 inches by 17 and a half inches by five inches, uh, floor space wise, very similar to a 20 gallon long. Yep. And that was for many, many years, the standard glass tank for your average adult corn snake, adult male ball python, and so many other colubrid species and smaller python species. So it was like, hey, these things really don't climb all that much, uh, but that's the right floor space. So here and slap some heat in the back and then we're, you know, we're good to go. And um, thank God we've evolved from just slapping that onto a bookshelf. Um, but, you know, essentially... Uh, as rack systems started developing, that was the same premise. Like what what makes sense floor space wise to house an animal appropriately? And, you know, can we figure out a tub that works for that? And in some cases, certain uh, companies like Freedom Breeder and ARS had have their own tubs molded specifically for what they're trying to do. Um, you know, so <clears throat> you have those uh, like the four foot and six foot drawers, you know, mm-hmm. that work really well for like adult boas um and stuff like that if you're in the the breeding breeding context where you essentially have a four foot by two foot cage or a four foot by two and a half foot cage um you just don't have the height element so again a massive innovation compared to throwing it in a bookshelf (laughs) being like well good luck (laughs) and and a lot of people yeah a lot of people were just like oh well you can't just do that and it's like uh think about the amount of vertical space in a 20 gallon enclosure and then if you are not putting any branches or physical obstacles for the snake to be utilizing that portion of the enclosure it's probably not going to really be utilizing that height of the enclosure it's like when people would get like a a 30 gallon tall and it's like almost the same floor space as a 20 gallon i think yeah Uh, and it's like okay you could have just gotten something wider like (laughs) you're not really doing anything extra unless it's like a corn snake and you're like putting lots of branches and stuff for it to climb on but like a ball python it's probably not gonna really (laughs) feel any major difference between you know that 30 tall and that 20 gallon right long Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and, and I will say, too, a, a lot of times when people think about rack systems, they think about uh, very minimalistic enclosures, just mm-hmm. uh, like paper on the bottom or a very simple substrate base and a water bowl. And that's pretty much it. And a lot of times that's what we see frequently because the industry has such a focus on the breeder element of keeping and working with reptiles. Um, mm-hmm. However, like you and I have seen, there are some really creative people when it comes to rack systems. I know that there are some people who are over the top extravagant and go get four foot freedom breeders for their ball pythons and they deck it out and do whatever. And that's dope. If that's what you want to do, go crush it. Awesome for you. But I've also, we've also seen uh, our buddy, Steve Tillis uh, crush it and CB 70 drawers and do a whole bioactive setup in a CB 70 drawer. First of all, just to like point and laugh at all the bioactive freaks out there, but uh, also to just basically be like, hey, yes, this is a, a, a normally minimalistic enclosure design, but it doesn't have to be. You can actually yes. add a lot to this and provide an animal with some level of enrichment. You know, certainly, of course, not the same as if it had a large cage, but if you're going to keep these animals in rack systems, you have a lot more flexibility than just, oh, throw some paper down and call it a day. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, for real. And uh, we've also gone, you know, I I just think about like uh, seeing ball pythons back in the, you know, late 90s, early 2000s. People just would keep these really, really big ball pythons and these very small. They're like, you can breed them in sweater boxes if you want to. Like, and uh, you're looking at it, you're like, I don't I don't know if that's really I don't know if that's the move, man. I don't think that's the I don't think that's it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've definitely come a long way from that. And then mm-hmm. also the expansion of just people having easier access to PVC enclosures uh, has definitely led to more people wanting to have these enclosures in their house and w- get to look at their animals more readily, work on better lighting, have more, you know, enrichment. And mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, a crested gecko or a ball python or a scrub python, you know, they all have advanced from the ways that we used to keep things and yeah. and changed uh, you know immensely think about a sur- not ceramic heat emitter sorry uh the radiant heat panels just like yeah. being able to distribute that amount of heat evenly and um at a lower wattage rate than putting you know a 150 watt light bulb in your yeah. enclosure where they could potentially get burned or you know worse right no, it's it's very true. Over over the years, I, I would say probably over the last ten years, especially, we've made like these leaps and bounds as far as husbandry and 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 just general advancements and and care for reptiles. And I think in in tandem with that, especially as people, there, there's an undeniable wave of people that have grown more accustomed and and have desired more to keep their animals in nice elaborate cages versus rack systems and stuff. And that's allowed people to catch these different little nuances of keeping Mm -hmm. each species and um, get ideas about stuff that we haven't necessarily thought about. And again, a, a lot of this comes to the fact that the industry has been really good at showcasing the breeding element of keeping reptiles. And, you know, again, not that there's anything wrong with that, but, for the most part, those of us our age and a little younger, a little older, we got into it because we just we love these animals. We weren't ever concerned about a, a, a dollar sign next to the animal that we were trying to keep I, other than like, man, I could, just can't afford that right now. But, <laughs> uh, you know, we weren't looking at it from like, oh, well, if I breed that, I'm going to make, you know, a twenty thousand dollars. We weren't ever looking at that. We were like, man, this snake is awesome. This lizard's awesome. I, 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 I want a chance to work with that. You know, how can I set it up really, really well? And, um, you know, even glass enclosures have, have made uh, a lot of advancements as well. You know, like I, I just did that uh, vivarium build for the Chihuahua geckos. Um, mm. Shout out to, the, to my friends at ZooMed who made that possible. But, <clears throat> you know, like that front opening glass enclosure, I mean, that's huge. Yeah. You know, that was that was a huge move to the point where like that's the stuff you see in, in pretty much every pet store now. You know, you've got Exoterra, ZooMed enclosures all over the place. Um, but yeah, the I think when PVC enclosures started to become more easily and readily accessible for the general public, that was the biggest game changer yeah. because now you could really, first of all, hold in heat well for your animal, whether you're using an RHP or you were using regular lights with just cutouts up top. 
you could really hold in the heat and humidity a lot better for your animal. And, and I, I think really quickly that that was like a bug that went through the entire industry was like, Oh, wow. Look at, look at this, you know, and a lot of them, they're sleek. They become a piece Uh of furniture. You know, you can put it in your living room and and you're not ashamed. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's not like water stained glass, you know, somewhere in the front. It's like this beautiful, well-crafted PVC enclosure and you can deck it out, you know, and do whatever you want with it and and really showcase your pet, you -hmm. know, and, and I think that that was a huge impact. I mean, I know. I've kept animals in racks and cages a lot over the years, but I will say like getting uh, the black box enclosures for the Amazons was one of those moments for me currently where I was just like, man, you know what? I do kind of miss seeing snakes in cages. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like that's just badass. Yeah. I set up some lights in my uh, four foot enclosures and I'm like, why did I not do this a long time ago? <laughs> this is every night I get to just walk like, you know, as soon as the lights go off in the enclosures, I turn the light off in the room and I can see them. But when I wake up in the morning and come out into the living room and I just see the scrubs perched up and I'm like, Oh, this is the best. So cool. <laughs> this is it's amazing. So cool, dude. I, I love going down, down into the reptile room first thing in the morning and uh, turning on the Amazon's light and seeing them all sitting right under the RHP right there just like yeah it's time to warm up and get this day going and i'm like yeah it's so cool man and seeing where they they kind of navigate through the the duration of the day you know like halfway through the day they're popping back up top and they're going back they're going under the uh cork bark hide on the bottom Uh, it's just it's really cool to watch those behaviors that in racks you, you just you just don't see that yeah and and one of the things that I've uh, done is some of my carpet pythons, I set them up in enclosures, smaller ones, and give them br- perching opportunities. And I think it's not really funny, but it's interesting because like a lot of the podcasts I listen to or a lot of the things I've seen people talking about West popping carpets, they're like, oh, all they do is just sit in their water dish or they just hide all the time. And mine perch constantly, like yep. literally every single day. You know, there's probably a couple days a week where they'll hang out on the ground, but most of the time they are perched up. And how cool is it to just see, a, you know, a carpet python sitting wrapped around a branch like a green tree python? I'm just like, ah, oh, man, this thing's so cool. freaking cool. It's super cool, man. I, I, <clears throat> I've not kept baby Morelia in, in enclosures like that, but I remember when I first started using uh, that, uh, like, plastic fencing to put mm-hmm. inside the tubs to set yep. them up when you open up that that enclosure and they're just perched they're sitting right on top of it just like you got food for me like i'm like oh it's so cool so cool yeah <laughs> hell yeah just a little bit of that natural behavior i i mean it's it's cool and again you know seeing where caging has come and, and is and is going i think we're going to see a lot more of this and and you know i I want to, before we get even more deep into this, I want to say like, we're not here to have the debate of cages versus racks. That's, that's not what we're here to, yeah. to debate on this episode because you know, Rob and I pretty much believe the same thing. There are certain species that do better in cages. There are certain species that do better in racks. Um, you know, and your experiences may vary. We're not here to say one is better than the other or anything like that. So that's, if you're here for that kind of debate, it's not, it's not happening. Um, <laughs> 
there there are benefits like club yeah right right there are benefits to both and uh you know also from a from a business standpoint um understanding cost and the the economics of breeding reptiles on on not even a large scale just some kind of scale um you know racks do really provide a lot of benefits for the person keeping them that's got to pay those bills to to try to have a business and do what they want to do um you know it's certainly not the only way to breed reptiles but you know if you if you have a half million dollars to go start a zoo then you know and have crazy elaborate enclosures and put all the animals in there to go do whatever the hell they want all the time wonderful go crush it (laughs) (laughs) you know sadly most of us do not but uh but yeah so uh jumping on to black box and and really diving into to what they've got so i came across black box cages uh thanks to my friend cindy at raining reptiles um they're uh, based in Buford, Georgia, and uh, she had some of their racks in the in the shop. And I was like, wow, you know, these racks, are, they're really well done. And uh, they're designed to fit the vision tubs, uh, the vision product tubs. And uh, I was like, wow, you know, these these are these are really well done. And uh, then I got to meet Jen. She had popped into the shop one day and, and Jen and Clint are wonderful, a wonderful husband and wife team, um, a family operated business. And um, the one of the first things that I had uh asked was you know what's what's your lead time and you know oh yeah we were able to get things out within about two weeks and i was like what excuse me i'm like you guys must be not getting that much business then yeah and they're like oh no we got we got dozens of orders like this we're just able to move stuff out and i was like what is happening you know uh that was like the first thing that on my radar was like ding 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 like something special is happening over here yeah for real i'm because... like i'm like these lead times are outrageous yeah the, one of the uh kind of mainstays in the reptile hobby i don't know if we should say their name or not schmanimal schmlastics uh <laughs> i've literally had people who told me they waited a year for their enclosure literally mm-hmm. one whole year they yeah. paid money up front and did not get their enclosure for a year. For a year. Yeah. That's insane. It's insane. And I mean, I, what I will say when it comes to that is, I mean, they, they got business. Yes. That's like, they the got demand business. for PVC enclosures is so high. Yeah. That like, and you're, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it's really amazing to me that with that demand so high and the, you know, all the costs of, pvc going up and the supply mm-hmm. chain issues black box has still been absolutely crushing it and yeah. keeping really close to their lead time and and you know if they've got anything that comes up they're really good about communicating uh with yeah. people to make sure that you're not out of the loop uh, and you yeah. know that you know th- it's getting to you as quickly as it possibly can you don't order it when it's a baby for you to get the enclosure when the animal's an <laughs> adult <it's> an adult <laughs> yeah yeah exactly exactly um yeah and i mean when it comes to all these other uh brands you know i mean there's it's very uh because i'll throw this disclaimer out here too we're obviously talking about our friends at black box there's and of course we're going to say go to black box especially if you Mm -hmm. want your cage asap but there's a bunch of wonderful cage companies out there that build fantastic quality products that's there's no question about that there's so many amazing uh options for everything in this industry shipping companies 
cages, all these other things. Um, but we're talking about black box because that's yes. what matters right now. Um, but yeah, because I, we like them. They have a really great product. Like they do. hundred percent. We, we do not just like accept them as a sponsor because they're like, Oh, we're just, you know, we want to be your sponsor. We actually yeah. like their products as well. <laughs> like yeah. this is yeah, not exactly. just like a, a sponsorship deal. We really do like black box enclosures. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, and I, I like what, what they stand for too. And the, the mm-hmm. consistent desire to do more and try to innovate <clears throat> and take things to the next level that I, th- I think challenge other people in the same part of the industry, um, yeah. you know, to, to try to step up and make sure that it's, that it's actually happening. Um, the other thing that I like is the fact that they, they make, when it comes to their racks in particular, they make all these racks for all these different model tubs. If you use freedom <laughs> reader tubs, ARS tubs, uh, vision tubs, they have racks that are designed for all of those, which is great. So if you have a tub preference, um, for your rack system, they, they're going to do it. They've got it. It's chances are it's already done. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> already been do done, thing. you know, which, which is wonderful. And then of course their cages are phenomenal. I've got that, that stack of, uh, 10, uh, XC 18s, which is where I keep my Amazons. And, uh, you know, they've got, they've all are connected with, uh, radiant heat panels and dimmable led lights. And I absolutely love those enclosures. Um, I love going downstairs, looking at my Amazons and those things. And, uh, you know, the last, I was just down there actually at, at their shop a couple of weeks ago. And I said to them, I was like, man, you know, the last time I, I was keeping and trying to breed Amazons years ago, however many years, 15 years ago or whatever it was, uh, I was like busting my ass trying to cycle those damn things. Cause we, you know, we're still figuring it out 15 years ago, but, uh, I'm like, I didn't, I'm breeding. I got three ovulations this year. I didn't do shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like they, you know, just the, the natural fluctuations that happen here in North Carolina. Uh, I didn't adjust temps. I didn't do anything crazy to humidities. I didn't do any crazy food cycling, but they have felt solid enough where they're just like, yeah, we're, we're going to, we're good to go. And we're doing it. (laughs) We're doing it. And I was like, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm like i didn't have to do anything this all i had to do is put them together look at that um but you know i mean like that that's one of those things where it's like if you can have it dialed in like that you know you've got a product that that is doing its job obviously it needs to uh keep the snake in inside that's that's primary function but to hold heat and humidity consistently very comfortably for whatever species it is I, that that goes a long way um they also have so many uh, customizable options from, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, from different lighting that you want um, to cutouts for basking lights, um, stacking options, all these things um, is really is really just amazing. And I'm going I'm going to go back to the two week lead time thing, because I, I think that is like the, one of the most amazing things, <laughs> <laughs> given how much business they do. Again, I was just at the shop a couple of weeks ago and there are cages everywhere. There are literally cages right in the foyer that are getting ready to get shipped out. They've got like some displays that are there for when, you know, clients come or, and, and I'm just like, Oh my God, it's, oh, it's so much PVC. I've never been so excited by PVC <laughs> in my life. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it was it was interesting because then I was looking. I remember talking with them about their sliding glass door options and some of the things that they were doing to make sure that uh, 
you if you were going to keep an animal in a cage with sliding glass doors it wouldn't get bedding thrown up into the tracks mm-hmm. that was always a problem whenever i had sliding glass doors they put an extra tall lip i was just gonna bring that up the, yeah. uh, <laughs> the inside of the front of the enclosure they have a uh, a substrate dam basically that yep. goes along the front so that you don't have to worry about your substrate getting pushed out onto the sliding track for the for the doors and that's and if you have the drop down door same thing it's it's you know but they have a line the bio line that yep. is for having deeper substrate for your enclosures yeah and I, and i think and i think that's that's freaking perfect <laughs> Because there's nothing more annoying than trying to pull out a snake. And, it, it you know, it, of course, if it's a kind of python or boa, it's wrapping its tail around the bedding as you're pulling it out. And then it's just it's everywhere. It's it you're already mad. Feeling. It's on the floor. But then it gets yeah. in the tracks. and You're like, no, I can't close the door. And rah, I got to get the shot. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Plenty of bad experiences. <laughs> um, but also some of the, the like minor innovations that they've done and advancements that they've done. Um, great example is the the cord protector for the radiant heat panels. Uh-huh. So if, if you have used radiant heat panels, uh, you know the power cord connects to the the side of the panel, and then usually there's like this little like blip of the cord before it goes flush against the ceiling. And if you are keeping geckos or maybe a, a Amazon tree boas or something semi arboreal, they get up in there and maybe they, they pull it down accidentally or whatever. And then it's unplugged and you don't know or you don't see it right away. It's very annoying. They've uh, designed a, a 3D printed protector that you can literally just screw right in over the cord and then it, nothing can get through it. it. It totally blocks it from an animal sticking their tail in there or jumping in there and doing anything. That's huge both for making sure the animal stays warm like it needs Mm -hmm. to, especially if you have a really heavily decorated enclosure and you're not going to see it, but also it reduces a fire hazard. Yes. Big time. You know, anybody who knows anything about electric, if your connection's like barely touching, (laughs) you get one little arc and suddenly it's a, it's a whole world of what the hell is going on. Um, so that was that was actually something really cool when they, when they first started designing those. And, and I was like, oh, I don't think anybody's ever thought of that. But it is it is something that that matters big time. You know, again, mm-hmm. not just for care of animal, but for safety for the animal and for the keeper. The worst thing to, to one of our biggest fears as keepers is a fire. Yep. You know, so anything that can be done to protect that. that. Yeah, it is is huge. It's absolutely huge. Um, I'm, uh, I'm looking at, there are so many advancements. I have like a list <laughs> <laughs> on the side. I'm just like, oh yeah, I gotta make sure I talk about that one too. Uh, they, one of the things that, uh, Jen gave me the last time I was there was the subterranean hide. And, uh, mm. this is a new hide that they've come out with. It's basically the same concept as a regular terrestrial hide. Um, however, instead of a hole on the side, the hole is on the top. Um, so you can bury it under the substrate if you if you so choose or use it as a humid hide, you know, put it above the substrate, put a whole bunch of moss in there. And uh, I threw it in with one of my Amazon tree boas. And of course, the one I put it in is the one that likes to use the arboreal hide more so than. Anything else. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, is a really cool option, especially if you're keeping geckos, 
um, any, any sort of uh, humidity loving species so they can just get away and be cool and damp. Um, I thought it was re- just a really unique option uh, for hides that, uh, you know, if you're certainly like larger companies have made those like rock style humid hides, which are yeah. really cool. And it's, it's kind of along those lines, but uh, certainly the streamlined PVC, while it's less natural looking, uh, is a lot more sanitary. It's a lot easier to clean should uh-huh. you need to, which again is just aiding in, in the health of your animal, uh, which is always first and foremost for all, for all of us. Yeah. My, uh, the, my Jayapura scrub, I just set up a, like a little, um, humid hide thing in there with her enclosure and I put a hole in the front and then I also put a hole, like a smaller hole in the top and she mm-hmm. almost always uses the top yeah one to come out she doesn't really <laughs> like when she's going back into it in the morning time to go to sleep mm-hmm. she'll use the front one but the rest of the time she's always using the one on the top so you know as keepers we're thinking oh what's the thing that you know if you're thinking two-dimensionally you're thinking about like if you're keeping leopard geckos yeah you of course you probably want your uh opening to go on the side because that's the plane that you're probably going to be easiest to go on but with snakes they're moving around and up and down so much mm-hmm. that having that option for them to go down into a hide the scrubs seem to just really prefer that over like my wamina scrub i put in a hide that has a side opening one and she'll sit on top of it and then i put the one that's got the hole in the top and she goes down into it it's (laughs) it's so weird it's just like you know it's not it's little things that you wouldn't generally think of but Mm -hmm. you know it's it's what they like so you gotta do what the, the animals like not just what you like exactly and trying these new things i I think that's one of the things that as uh as keepers especially those of us who have been keeping for a a longer period of time uh we kind of lose not a hundred percent but when we have something that that works for us it's like okay i I think we're good you know works for the animal the animal's doing what it needs to do it's like okay we're good there's a little less incentive to try new things or attempt new new ideas because it's like, well, I don't want to mess it up. It's working, especially if you're working with a species like scrubs or, or anything that's like when it's dialed in, it's dialed don't in. Don't mess with it. Yeah, don't mess <laughs> yeah with just it. don't mess with it. But uh, but yeah, like taking the, taking those those liberties to kind of be like, OK, well, how? How can I try something that might benefit the animal more or I might now see a more naturalistic behavior coming out of this animal? Um, so one of the other things that I like that Black Box has done uh, recently uh, has been um, these acrylic door lockers. And basically, if you have racks and you have a toddler or, uh, you know, you have that friend over that just wants to touch everything, uh, there are these side doors that uh that don't cover i i would try to share my screen my computer is acting really slow and i don't want to mess up the wi-fi connection here but you can see all these things on blackboxcages.com um but these acrylic door lockers basically are like a quarter door that go on each side of the front of the rack so you can't pull it out and it was something that when i first saw it i was like oh this is interesting what's going on and the more i thought about it i'm like that's actually perfect for the family that has you know maybe a breeding project of ball pythons or whatever you know and again toddler or whatever it's like i want to see the snake now and it's like nope (laughs) no you don't yeah exactly you know just a, a a unique safety feature um that just provides a little extra security 
mm-hmm. for parents or, or just for anybody that, you know, doesn't want prying hands opening rack drawers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so definitely something that I thought was a, a unique, um, a unique feature for sure. Uh, now I'm, I'm, I've jumped over to their website cause these are the, these are the big ones that I really wanted to dive into here. Um, when it comes to racks, uh, the first thing is, um, back access panels to, uh, to be able to get to heat tape or install your thermostat probe. Um, but they've basically provided you a very nice sized hand sized hole for you to access the back of the enclosure and anybody who's worked with PVC racks. Oh, my Lanta. <laughs> you know, uh, knows that slide when it... your whole arm in there and make sure <laughs> that it's in the right you're doing area. Yoga. Yeah. You're doing yoga and you're just, you're feeling around trying to make sure you're in the right spot. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, that's that, <laughs> When I saw that, I was like, oh, my God, somebody finally did it. Like, yes. <laughs> if you've used uh, like vi- vision racks or anything like that, where they're they're more open concept, this is not really a, a, a new a new thing or a problem that you've ever had. But if you've been using PVC racks for the majority of your timekeeping, you have certainly had those moments as soon as you pass six court tub where yeah. you're like, I can't. I can't do what do I do with my hands? I just I can't make it happen. I can't find the probe. I don't know. And then you look and you've like duct taped the probe to the shelf and you're like <sighs> an, inch, an inch behind the heat tape or an inch in front of the heat tape. And you're like, Shut I it was, up. Oh! Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> Cause I've done it too, bro. Oh I my God, done it it too. And like, I remember, I forgot which company it was, but there was a company that like they put the hole, just a hole in the back of the rack uh, for the probe to go into. And it's like, okay, we can feed feed the probe through here like a thread and, uh, you know, and then pull it in and do whatever. But you still found yourself having to go to the front of the rack and stretching around trying to be like, okay, then you're getting scraped up by the PVC and all this stuff. It's or yes, CBD exotics said exactly. Or you have to take the whole back panel off. (laughs) <laughs> oh man uh, you know just just annoying just kind of annoying yes. um, so this this feature i thought was really really innovative because again a, a lot of times we think about all the different rack options that exist um obviously you have your ARSs, your freedom breeders your visions um you have ap you have so so many different companies and then of course there's like smaller local companies that are that are you know just starting trying to do these things um they're not necessarily thinking about these little things. Yep. You know, a lot of times these guys are, they're building enclosures with the the forethought of like, yeah, I'm going to sell this to somebody who, who gets a new pet. But also the majority of my market is the people that already have these animals, you know, that want to upgrade or do whatever. So they're not necessarily thinking about these little things because we've all gone through the help. Yes. Oh, I can't find that. We've all done that. And well, we all just suffer you. through it. <laughs> Getting cut by PVC is it a sucks. special kind of hurt. It sucks. It's it horrible. Sucks. Um, but yeah, so I was really impressed with that idea. It's just, again, forethought for the keeper that, again, just makes our job easier. And we can just spend, worry about spending more time working with our animals and, and enjoying our animals. Um, so one of the other nice things that, uh, that they've done um, has been the integrated thermostat probe location. Um, yeah. 
so this was really cool. So basically, they have routed out a way for you to put your probe in uh, to, to touch your heat tape um, so you can get an accurate reading on your thermostat. And it's, uh, it's routed so that it's not just going to slide out. It's got this little zigzaggy pattern. Again, all these things you can view uh, on Black Box's website, blackboxcages.com. Um, and it's, again, one of those little things uh, that is just forethought for both the keeper and the animals. Uh, anybody who has been keeping for any period of time or been involved uh, in keeping any period of time that's been on Facebook groups or whatever, you've probably seen somebody at some point talk about how their thermostat probe fell off the heat tape uh. or the tape came undone and then a whole unit gets cooked basically and that is a nightmare um i can say that it has happened to me uh once many years ago and uh it's horrible absolutely horrible feeling um and and you don't ever really recover from that because you're like this was such a simple simple thing like how did this fail so this is just another innovative thing that is a safety thing for for both the keeper and the animals obviously if a thermostat malfunctions and starts you know really cooking at high temps there's again that fire risk but also you know for the animals uh you know the last thing we want to do is is have our animals perish from from some oversight or or unseen thing because again we've been sitting there I can't find the the heat tape for the probe. You know, yeah. you have a moment like that. You're not, you're not going to see when the probe comes undone. Yeah. So this is just a, another solid way to ensure, Hey, you know what? I know where my probe is. I know it's been, I locked it into place. You know, you can certainly tape it or do whatever you want to do to add the, that continued security. But now there's just another level of, hey, I'm going to make sure this doesn't get messed up. I'm going to make sure that my animals are safe. And I thought that that was really, really special um, for them to do because, again, just shows the forethought. Um, the The last thing that, uh, well, this isn't the last thing, but probably the most notable thing, um, the fail-safe thermal regulation. Yes. And so basically, I'm going to read what it says on the website because I, I think they, they've really discussed it uh, appropriately there. So basically, uh, on their website, it says, our biggest complaint with racks is the roundabout way the te- uh, that temperature control is currently done. It's counterintuitive. The thermostat uh, is there to ensure the heat tape doesn't overheat. That is the primary use and goal. Uh, keeping the temperature internal to the tub at a particularly set point is a secondary concern and usually requires you to manually adjust your thermostat, right? So we've all been there and had to tweak things as we get a new rack set up. Um, once you understand fundamentally how all that works, it makes sense maintaining your temperatures properly uh, becomes easy. <clears throat> However, getting uh, getting this understanding to begin with as a new pet or keeper can be a challenge, which is true. Um, so basically we're talking about uh, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here because this is just kind of like discussing the, the problems overall. Uh, most thermostats commonly used in the hobby are relay driven on off type thermostats. They are manufacturers which provide dimming uh, or PWM thermostats uh, and some uh, which also have safety cutoffs built in as well. However, the lion's share of thermostats uh, in use are based on simple relays. And unfortunately, relays have a nasty tendency to fail on yeah. when they fail. 
Essentially, uh, the little contacts internally spark an arc uh, when opening and closing, and so many on-off cycles, those arcs can cause the contacts to weld themselves together, causing the relay to stay on uh, when the thermostat is telling it to turn off. This is rare, but it does happen. Um, so these are those thermostat malfunctions that I was talking about. Something happens, and then all of a sudden, your stuff's getting cooked. Um, we believe in our solutions, uh, <clears throat> um, items one and two will fix, uh, almost all these common causes of heat tape overheating. However, we wanted to make sure that our racks would have an additional layer of safety. We've added a fail safe thermal regulator to the rack, which will prevent the heat tape from overheating. This is, this is where it gets cool. This is intended to be a fail safe and not a primary means of temperature control. So you still need to therm to, you still need to regulate your rack's temperature with a thermostat and you still need to ensure that it's in proper working condition and monitored. But this fail safe regular regulator will prevent heat tape from rising above approximately 140 degrees Fahrenheit. 140 degrees is warm enough that folks in cold climates think basements in the winter in New England uh, will be uh, easily maintain their target temperatures, but not overly hot so that <clears throat> in the case of a thermostat failure, the animal will still be able to move to the cold or front side of the tub to get away from the heat. Again, this is intended to be a fail-safe measure as most thermostats support high temp and low temp alarms. We highly recommend they be employed along with regular validation or supplementary monitoring. So basically, we have this element that works in tandem with your thermostat. If you have like a VE thermostat or something like that that has alarms for high and low temperatures, um, if that fails for one reason or another, this new element will shut it off once it hits about 140 degrees. 140 degrees is still very hot. But if you have like a, a, an ARS 5540 tub that's about, you know, 33, 34 inches long, and it's a three inch piece of heat tape, you have a way better chance of that animal surviving because it's going to run over to the cold side. Mm -hmm. you know and be like it's, you know this is not great you know i'm i'm really hot right now so as soon as and usually at that temperature too you'll also feel heat yeah. coming out of your rack system so that's when you can be like okay i gotta check this something's wrong you know so again just another uh innovation to protect keeper and protect animal as well um I thought that was probably like the coolest freaking thing because, you know, I think about it like I have freedom breeder racks. I have ARS racks. Um, I have a, a black box rack. I have some AP racks. I've got, you know, nothing is the same brand here because we don't do that. But, <laughs> but, uh, you know, if I think about like ARS or freedom breeder, I think they both, you know, they both make great racks. Obviously they're industry standard companies that have been around for decades and decades and decades uh they don't provide anything like that no and you know the the cost at which those racks exist you'd think maybe this would just be one of those things that they could start to integrate you know or be as a customizable feature yeah. as both companies do allow customizing options for temperature and heat and all those things. Um, so again, if you have a VE thermostat or something like that, and it already has these bells and whistles that you can uh, engage, great. But this is just an added feature that I think should start to become industry-wide 
just baseline at a bare minimum an option for you to choose and realizing what that safety measure is for you again it's it's if you want to think about from the business standpoint it's protecting your investment it's just an added layer of protection on your investment and uh from a personal standpoint it's an extra protection against that that god forbid moment where you get a thermostat that fails heat tape goes through the roof something catches on fire and then suddenly you're getting a phone call while you're away at work that there's a fire at your house yeah you know uh and this this stuff is not like the concept is not new. Mm-hmm. Like the concept of thermoregulation is, is not new. With for a very, very, very long time. Yeah, exactly. So you know, so the fact that now you know Jen and Clint have been like, "Hey, we're going to take safety to the next level," you know, and provide this option. <clears throat> um, you know, the other element to this too is uh, it, it basically becomes a, a plug adapter on the back of the rack, mm-hmm. right? And the other element of safety on this is if you have maybe you have a couple of racks or whatever, uh, or even just one and you need to move it and maybe it, it slips out of your hand or, you know, if you have it on a caster base, it slips out of your hand and, and it rolls a little way and the cord gets tugged. This essentially also becomes a quick release. So instead yeah. of yanking your your heating element exactly potentially doing a lot more damage that could then create a fire hazard without you knowing this is like oh well that just came unplugged let me make sure the connectors are good okay cool we can plug it back in and we're good to go um the the peace of mind that's provided there is second to none um the other uh the other thing, the, the last thing that they have on, on this new section, so they have a whole section, um, the black box new fail safe rack features. Um, the last thing on this list is uh, the new C14 standard cords. Um, and uh, really quick, just the little blurb on the website. Many of our customers have asked for different lengths of cord uh, that we wire to be able to he- uh, use the heat tape until now this has been somewhat problematic since we purchased cords in bulk uh, having many different sizes was not really feasible and since the standard wiring practice for heat tape is to connect the cord directly to the heat tape uh, the ability for customers to change um, the cord after they get the enclosure was not possible uh, to fix this we're going to be installing these c14 cord sockets which is what i was just talking about um, similar to what you'd see in a tower or computer and shipping standard six foot cord if you need a longer a longer one for whatever reason it's easier uh to carry a couple of sizes to replace so this goes in in tandem with the thermoregulation of just again if you're moving a rack and it gets pulled you know you have if you get all these safety features happening in one unit you have an extra thermoregulator that's going to be like whoop it's too hot we've got to shut this down Yep. And then you have this, oh, man, you know, I, I was moving this rack and I didn't realize the cord is as, as short as it was. And uh, now I, I've damaged this or I potentially yanked my heat tape and I don't know what's going on. Um, now there's a potential fire hazard that basically is now eliminated. And let's say you have this one spot in the corner of your room and that's where you want your rack. But your 
uh, outlet is more than three feet away. <laughs> now, with these C14 cords, you have the ability to get a longer extension uh, to your cord, which allows you that flexibility that you need. So, again, <clears throat> all this stuff is on the website, and I, I certainly mashed up the uh, fail-safe thermal regulation and the C14 cords because, to me, they, they really do kind of go hand-in-hand. You can check out all of this stuff on their website again, blackboxcages.com. And you know, Rob and I again, we're we're talking about this stuff not just because they're our sponsor, but again, we do genuinely love the product that they that they provide. And again, the fact that they're doing all this extra stuff and continuously trying to raise the bar really just shows the level of dedication that they have to keepers that really want to just enjoy their animals. And that for us is incredibly important. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I remember talking to uh, Jen at the, the show me show in uh, Atlanta mm-hmm. that I went to, oh man, that was two Octobers ago. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, that, uh, you know, uh, talking to her and just checking out some of the racks and she was like, you know, cause I, I had some things where I was like, you know, the type of locks that they use on the enclosures, I um, prefer like different ones. And she was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's not a big deal. If you have like a preference or a type of lock and you can get them, I'll put them on there. Like, I don't, that, that's not a big deal. I will accommodate that. And we were talking about like, uh, me and you were talking about doors swinging forward or swinging, or swinging up and down. Up and down. Yeah, and that's yeah, another yeah. thing where she was like, oh, that's not a big, if you want that, we can, we can do that. That's not a big mm-hmm. deal. Just talk to me. You know, it might add a little bit of time to it, but it's not something that's, you know, a deal breaker. We can, we want to make sure that you get the enclosure that you want. And I was like, damn, these people are, you know, on top of it because, you know, a lot of the other, uh, uh, you know, enclosure people, even if they have a quick turnaround time, they're not able to make those modifications or willing sometimes to make those modifications to make sure that you get the enclosure that's going to work best for whatever you're keeping. And talking to Jen about that was just like, damn, she is like serious about this. And, and, you know, listening to uh, THN, uh, the Herd Predator Culture Network, and their some of their podcasts, and those guys talking about their enclosures. And then we saw Skylar had, you know, I was, I was like, oh, my God, I got to get some. <laughs> I got to get some. Yeah, left. man. Yeah. It's it, re- it really is impressive to me, you know, how, how much they're doing. And again, still able to maintain a two-week lead time and all of these customizable options and all of the safety innovations um and they also want to hear from from us the keeper yes and, you know what are some things that you're liking what are some things that you're not liking you know le- like let's let's talk about it let's you know let's explore and expand um you know i mean it, when we had first established this partnership with them uh, one of the things that jen said to me was like if there's anything that you can think of you know that that'll you think would be better. beneficial that'll make it better like let let me know you know, if it needs to be like more ventilation or whatever, uh, you know, I think about the um, I think it's the 18 by 18 by 24 enclosure, which a lot of uh, gecko people use because it's great for uh, gargoyles, crested geckos, all that stuff. Um, Cindy at Raining Reptiles had uh, talked with her about uh, providing a bit more airflow 
in the enclosures. And was like, if you essentially took like a four by four cutout on each side of the cage and put screen there, it would just allow for better cross flow for air. And then bam, next thing you know, it's done. Yeah. And it's an, it's an option on those cages and, and people are like, Oh yeah, this is great. I got all this extra airflow. Now it's, amazing it, it you know again somebody that's a cage company that's willing to listen to uh the keeper and and at least try it if it turns out to be something that's just like nah, this isn't really a thing um then it is what it is but to have the option and then be able to provide it as an option yes that that's everything because again as we've said many times on the podcast there are so many different variables to keeping so like for me i really hate answering the questions like what's the best substrate what's the best this what's the best that because there's so many variables that go into it what part of the country you live in where you're keeping your reptiles at how you heat or cool your house all these things play roles into how we best keep our animals so it's hard to answer those questions but once you know those things and you start looking at okay well i want to get a new cage i want to get a better cage what are some of the issues i've been having with my current setup i don't have enough airflow the air gets too stuffy oh okay cool i've got this option for sidewall cutouts you know that's that's awesome um you know the the just sheer number of options that you're provided and i I think again a lot of the companies that exist now that are building cages do provide some a fair number of customizable options but Black boxes is not only providing you these customizable options, they're also providing you these extra elements of safety that are just becoming standard practice for them. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's a real like stakehold for other companies to be paying attention and start making the same kinds of adjustments because we're getting to a point very quickly in this industry where status quo is no longer accepted. as as what we're willing to take you know we want to be advancing we have all we know so much more about not just keeping our animals but how to build enclosures how to how to make these things work better for us and how to be safer Mm -hmm. so think about everything that we just went through that's that's new all these new safety features and then go back to well, you know, I used to take the heating element off my plumbing and 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 fix this thermostat with a rheostat. Oh. Not even a thermostat, a rheostat. Rheostat. Oh, no. <laughs> Where it's like cool, warm, really warm, hot. Like, <laughs> and it doesn't change based on the temperature of your room. So if you set it when it's cold and it gets hot in your room, it's going to get real hot in that enclosure. Yep, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. I saw somebody in the chat earlier uh, asked if we remember Neodesha cages. Uh, yes. They, they feel old. Yep. I remember Neodesha cages. I have a Neodesha cage uh, down in the basement. It's actually what I use to uh, photograph my animals. So it's a, just an old school three foot Neodesha cage. And it's uh, I don't keep any snakes in it. It's just literally where I put my animals when I photograph them. And uh, it's my my uh, relic. it's how i pay homage to yesteryear of reptile keeping uh but uh but yeah neodesha cages there there's some guys that still use them and they they withstood the test of time (laughs) 
I just remember when I was a kid, I was subscribed to Reptiles Magazine in like 95 or 96. So like mm-hmm. I was in first grade. It's when Reptile Magazine like just started. I think Mag- Reptiles Magazine started in 94 and I got it in 95, 96, that, that time frame. Um, but I remember reading through the magazine and then seeing the uh, vision cages where they had the whole line of enclosures there yeah, at the top yeah. of the ad. And I was just like, man, those are the freaking coolest things ever. And then after using vision cages, I hate them. I can't stand them. I just like, <laughs> man, these cages are such a pain oh, in the ass. Uh, and then same thing with Neodeshas. I, I remember seeing the ads of Neodeshas and I was like, man, these things are freaking awesome. And then right? I'm like, why is it slanted? Why is why? this doesn't make any it sense work? to buy a special shelf just for these enclosures? Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> just like, and then now that we've got, you know, PVC enclosures and, you know, the stuff like the stuff the black box is doing where they literally have, um, stacking pins holes in them so you can stack them and they don't slide or move off of one yes. another yeah especially if you've got them on casters you know being able to put those stacking pins and you know and everything's uniform that's just yeah. like that's a game changer it just makes you feel better it just makes you feel better. yeah <laughs> exactly no exactly uh cbd exotics is how, how to make them species specific yeah i mean that's that's where these customizable options really come into into play for your benefit you you, you know what you're keeping what you're working with and and a how they need to be kept but b how you in your space are able to get them to that point so that's yeah. what that's where these options really come into play and, and that's that's what makes it so wonderful you know yes. um because again i know if i how i have my amazon set up with the, their standard ventilation works perfectly because Amazon's need some, they need the higher humidity and stuff. So it does work really well. I know if I was going to put some other species of snake in there, um, maybe like even just a carpet Python, I might need more ventilation because they don't necessarily want as much humidity. I was just going to say for scrubs, I'll probably do a little bit more ventilation just because their, their skin is so sensitive to too much humidity. Exactly. You know, but, and ha- again, having these options just, yes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so I, I just a massive shout out we did this whole episode on black box again not because they're our show sponsor but literally because like we genuinely believe in their product and and uh, appreciate the the innovations that they're doing to make sure that that they really are providing a quality product that provides safety for both keeper and animal and that's that's paramount it should be paramount for every single company that's out here building and put and selling enclosures um so and jen and clint are a wonderful wonderful pair of people um yes. again black box is a it's a family-run company family-owned company and and they're just they're crushing it they really are just crushing it with again such solid products and amazing customer service and again the two-week freaking turnaround time nobody's beating that can't beat that nobody's beating that like it's just not happening (laughs) (laughs) it's just not happening um so at some point soon, I, I want to do it this summer if we can carve out some time. I want to get down to Black Box um, with you, Rob, and like let's let's just, let's film a video out there. Let's get some content and let's uh, let's just show people like what's what's going on, um, and and show some of these things uh, on video and just be like, hey guys, like look look at this, you know, mm-hmm. like, 
look at look at what's happening look at what they're trying to do um and of course you guys can see again all this stuff on their website blackboxcages.com um but yeah as as much as we we love them and talk about them we really want you guys to know we're we're doing it because what you get from them is like if here's the level of standard they're just constantly raising the bar mm-hmm. uh, and, and that that is so 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 important especially in today's day and age yes sir i can't wait to actually get that done because i i really want to one get down there and check out their facility and then two do some herping down in georgia yes georgia herping (laughs) yes 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 i've uh i've been seeing you know a few people herping out there and i'm like ah you know the herping is just starting to pick up here but yeah matt bowers is killing it man matt bowers is killing it yes i i jokingly i jokingly messaged him because uh he posted a picture with him out herping with uh frank uh yes yes and uh and (laughs) i messaged him that on that picture and i was like brought to you by bowers and dad bod Oh no. This herping trip has been brought to you by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I love those guys, man. Love those guys. But uh but yeah, man, that uh that wraps up our our hour mark, man. So, all right, Rob. What what in the realm of reptiles, I'm, Rob? I'm ready. I'm ready. Are you ready? One, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yes. Okay. All right. What in the realm of reptiles? This is good because I'm not. Uh, I, I was going to say, you better excited. be ready because I'm going to have mine out here uh, in just a second. Okay. All right. So what in the realm of reptiles has you excited about reptiles right now? So uh, if you're on uh, Instagram, you may have seen this or Facebook, you may have seen this as well. Um, but Aiden Bradley... Uh, his Instagram account is SoCal Biawaks, B-I-A-W-A-K-S. Uh, Aiden Bradley produced several clutches of Dumeril's monitors. Oh, yes. Captive bred yes. Dumeril's monitors. Like he, I mean, he raised adults and bred and hatched doomerals monitors which i have not seen doomerals monitors in the united states in a hot minute yep. one yep. and then two baby doomerals monitors are one of the coolest looking monitors they're so cool man they, they're they've so got cool for anyone who hasn't seen what they look like they are a small species of monitor so adult doomerals monitors are like i think like three foot three four foot with including tail they're mm-hmm. they're very small and uh the babies are black and yellow banded but their head is yellow on the bottom and like bright vibrant fire orange on top they and they go through a color change where they kind of lose that color but when they hatch out man that neon orange on the top the bright yellow underneath the black and yellow bands all the way down their body they are like one of the coolest looking baby monitors and big shout out to Aiden because that is no uh, small feat being able to raise and successfully breed and hatch Dumeril's monitors. It's absolutely incredible. I, yes, he's hatched out two or three, I think it's up to three clutches now uh, that he's hatched out. And yeah, I'm pretty sure he has more eggs incubating, but man, that is, that's got me. Super, that's, I saw that. And I was hyped. 
like literally like yeah. posted on my Instagram story. I was like, everyone needs to see this. Everyone needs yeah, to see this. Man. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Big shout out to him. And so Jeremy. Yes, I know I have my answer now. I'm good. Do you? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's hear it. What you got? Uh okay. So I want to give my shout out to uh to Cody Joe up in Canada. Ooh. Um so because first of all, I love the fact that he is breeding so many species of monitors that have been uh, kind of thrown off to the wayside in herpetoculture. Um, breeding the quince monitors was a mm. big one because those guys often are just, you know, they're still imported into the country. They are great species of monitor, but you know, they're just like, man, it's whatever. But the thing I think that geeked me out the most was uh, he's got hatching mangrove monitors. Ooh. And, I have loved mangrove monitors for a long time. I never have kept them or anything, but they've always been a monitor species that's just been like, oh, it's just a cool freaking looking lizard. Like, I just mm -hmm. like the look of them. Uh, but again, it's one of those like commonly imported species that's just like, Meh, they're they're mean because they're all imports and it's just they don't do well, all these things. Um, but I want to give him that shout out because he's he's working with these species and not just keeping them successfully, but breeding them successfully. And it's just kind of bringing to light like, hey, I know this isn't Salvatore, uh, but it's still pretty freaking cool. And they have yeah. a brain and they can be socialized and you can work with them. But you got to put the time into them. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so Dude, yeah so that has me geeked out because i'm just like man i appreciate like last the last year we were talking about how it was like the year of uh of pet projects like the long-term mm -hmm. projects and i i just love seeing that continue and move forward um, and see people really have success with these animals that for so many years have just kind of been like hey you keep it because it's like a one-off kind of thing and whatever um, but now we're really making those advancements in husbandry and breeding. So yeah, I'm all, I'm all about it, dude. Hell yeah. And then, uh, I want to piggyback off that real quick, but mm -hmm. Aubrey recently hatched out some coli, uh, monitor. Yes. I was like, bro, I, what are you kidding me right now? Yes, dude. dude that was cool as hell. That is, it cool was, as hell. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, and then uh, I, I, Owen from NPR uh, got rough scale python eggs too. So big shout out to him! Finally, it's it's been a hot minute, but yes, I'm, I'm hyped. There's literally like the two. The, there are two species of snakes that I don't currently own that uh, I I need to add into my collection while I'm downsizing. Uh, Amazon based in Emerald Tree Boa. <laughs> no uh I if i if i lived in south america where they were the cost of northerns absolutely but <laughs> but no uh no is uh rough scale pythons there's just something about the rough scales that, have, that it's captivated me after seeing my very first ones in person and then um bismarck ring pythons i just think they're a cool snake that back in the day like i never really gave two craps about and then just like everybody else and then they vanished they're like you remember when we had those and uh i'm like yeah you know i i never really pulled the trigger on them of course when they were 150 dollars yeah but now that they're a thousand dollars i'm like i have to have these now but uh i just want to get the chance to work with them but i'm trying to hold out for steve's because steve has that melanistic one and i'm mm -hmm. like i want i want something from that i just want yes. something from that. so 
but yeah, I, I get stoked whenever I see uh, Carinata on eggs. I'm like, yes, there's more in the U.S. now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's Hell yeah. Just little things like that just get you all excited. Get you all. Bubbly. It's true, man. It's true. Uh, I'm all. I'm gonna piggyback on this on on all of this also to just say that while I was downstairs before coming up here, just like spraying tree boas and stuff for the evening, uh, all of my girls that have ovulated, they were all out sitting under the uh, RHPs, and they're all looking thick, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm so stoked about this. So uh, hopefully we'll have some cool carnage babies and, and every, everything else. I'm I'm just really geeked about those. I'm already tingling. <laughs> yes. Ooh. <laughs> nothing like nothing like het red calicos. <laughs> no, but I am super stoked about that. So, and dude, you, the next time you come down, you got to see this freaking red that I got from Brandon. Mm. Oh boy. She yeah. Red. Dude, she's Ooh. like as red as your shirt, bro. Damn. Yeah, she red. The girl is red. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But woo, Amazons. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. So Jeremy, if people want to find out or if they want to see pictures of some of the stuff that you're talking about right now, where are they getting it? Yeah. Uh you can check me out literally everywhere on social media, uh at Brassman Reptiles. Um, I've like forsaken TikTok, so don't look for me there unless you mm-hmm. want to see random nonsense that gets posted periodically. Um, but yeah, check me out everywhere at Brassman Reptiles. Um yeah, I think that I think that's about it. I'm trying to think if there's any specific place. Instagram is where I spend most of my time scrolling through insanity uh and watching rob's stories <laughs> oh man so rob if people want to see more about uh, what you've got going on where can they find you uh, mostly my instagram stories <laughs> what i said mostly my instagram stories yeah <laughs> rob is creeping it real on instagram is where it's at i'm on Heck tiktok yeah. i haven't really um had the motivation to post on there recently but i have a couple of video ideas that i'm probably going to be doing it's just been tough because like my three-day weekends i've just been trying to just like relax and chill and you know do some snake stuff here and there but i've got some ideas for things and then uh we got um yeah we're just instagram and tiktok rob's creeping a real do not add me on facebook i still get people trying to add me on facebook i'm like who who i'm like our only mutual is donnie nope sorry. <laughs> dude I'm that's like, that really is my prerequisite when i check out my friend requests i'm like are you friends with rob or if you're friends with rob i'll accept you because yeah. i know rob's really picky I am. And, and I go through yeah, almost every friend request I get, I go through and I like scroll their Facebook profile. And if it, if I don't see any information, I'm like, okay, no ad. If I see, uh, you know, a bunch of random stuff, I'm like, yeah, probably not. If I see any political <laughs> stuff, I'm like, yeah. it's gotta be like, if I see a cool ass snake, then I'm like, Mm, all right maybe yeah maybe i'm gonna scroll a little bit further no snakes okay (laughs) no thank you nope sorry yeah yeah it's just that one one picture of the of that uh hognose snake that like leucistic wild hognose snakes that was found have you seen that floating around facebook the the like grayish colored one yeah it was like like, yes yeah yeah Yeah. 
It's like a, it's like it, that's the only picture because everyone's just like, oh, look at this. <laughs> I'd be like, which to be fair is a cool snake. It's pretty it, cool. It's the only one you posted. No. Yeah, sorry, no, it ain't cutting it. It ain't cutting it. I'm sure that I've got people in my friend request purgatory that probably I should add at it's some like point. Like Rob Casey. <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh, yeah, I don't know if if those people are listening, send me a message on Instagram and plead your case because <laughs> probably not going to add you otherwise. Judge, jury and executioner. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Oh, it's what it is. Heck yeah, dude. Heck yeah. I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this tonight's episode was brought to you by Black Box Cages. Make sure you check out blackboxcages.com. We love them. And uh, yeah, Jerry, we got to sit down and coordinate a time to go down there. Um, yeah, we definitely do. Because I'm pretty sure I'm going to be at Carpet Fest this year, East the East Board Carpet yes. Fest. So it's on one of my three-day weekends. So I think I might try and uh, go up there, hit Carpet Fest, and then do some herping in Pennsylvania, see if I can't see some timbers. Heck yeah, dude. We can maybe we can try to plan it if you're gonna do Daytona. That's the next weekend. That is the next. Oh, yeah, that is the next weekend. (laughs) Oh god. Too much is happening. August is a crazy month. But yes, yes, we'll we'll definitely figure that out for sure. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Heck yeah, dude. All right, man. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bam.